What the hell is the name of this song? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ballsy. And I've got to say something right now. This is Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News. You've always News. got to say something. I need a better I need a better sound bite for me on the intro. <laughs> I mean, I sound like I'm falling asleep. Well, listen, at least your voice didn't crack like mine did. Well, you, it's, you're going through the change, Kevin. <laughs> All right, let's we talk, talked about that earlier. Let's yeah, talk I am Texas going Rangers. The People are tuning Wait, we in. We didn't introduce everybody. I'm look, Kevin Sherrington. We've, we, look, You're we've introduced everybody that matters. Wow. I'm Evan. He's Kevin. No. Go ahead, That's Mr. Barry Chu. Mr. What? Mr. Chu. I thought you called him Mr. Chu. Oh, my God. I thought I was all of a sudden. Mr. I thought I was the Rangers starting right fielder for a minute. Oh, Chu. No, I thought you said Mr. Chu. Just like that time that I tweeted about you, Darvish, and the 15 bitches. Oh, you right. did that on purpose. That was the, How many times did that get retweeted? Over 1,700. Yeah. And it was completely not on purpose. It was complete because I speak so poorly. I used voice dictation on the tweet, and it took both the miss. It took a hominin for, for uh, throw, and it took bit pitches as, well, puppies. <laughs> so let's talk Texas Rangers. <laughs> Hold on a minute. You were doing voice what? email? You were taking that chance? That it would not under- I'm I'm going for look. Heavy multitasks out of the ballpark. I was running from a Darvish presser over to uh, uh, an intra squad game, and I'm I'm trying to uh, talk and walk at the same time. And we know how difficult. Well, that let, is. let me tell you this: next time you're that busy, call me and let me tweet it for you. Is there? At least there's no ambulance involved in this story. We there just was a, no ambulance. We, we just did a, uh, in the Cowboy podcast that Evan told the riveting story of his uh, one time in Cleveland. He missed a game, I believe, because he was in. No, an I ambulance. did not miss. See, you didn't pay attention. I missed a game because of a flight delay. I made it to the game when I had. Did to you go make to the all hospital. the games on this? He came to the game uh, in on an the ambulance. recent Rangers road trip. All ten of them, yes, including the red, the, the one after the red eye when I didn't actually sleep at night. Did you? Did you have them? Uh, the ambulance drivers take you to the game? No, I took a cab from whatever hospital it was in Cleveland right to the ballpark. <laughs> Showed up, covered a game with no hives. I was hive free at that point. What did they What did they give you to to uh, get rid of those hives? Uh, probably a Benadryl or something. Okay, yeah, here, take this aspirin. It'll be four hundred dollars. Okay, we're we're talking about the red hot <laughs> Texas Rangers, and what a way to get in. Woo! Uh, that's unbelievable that they were going to. The, I know that St. Louis was struggling a little bit going into this series, they but were still five games above five hundred going into the. But series. to take three games from those guys and to take them the way that they did uh, was just phenomenal. They're now undefeated in the regular season in St. Louis. Is that correct? Six and zero. That is correct. Barry. Thank They're you. Six and zero in games at Bush Stadium, the new Bush Stadium, since uh, well, since the disaster, since. That we w- which we will not speak about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Speaking of which, uh, Barry Horn did ask Eric Nadell that question in his hot air column about did he have nightmares about Game Six, and he said not so much nightmares, just I wake up occasionally screaming. I think is how he put it, basically. Yeah, and I, I'm going to tell you that I believe that is that was not hyperbole no 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 he's he said that before. he told us that before yeah yeah <laughs> oh great well no no he Especially, told us we were having dinner one night and he told us about it yeah 
Yeah, I, we, I wasn't invited to that dinner. No, no you were we not. socialized with Eric, but yeah. he, he the, the traumatized him. Yeah, 2011 traumatized him. The off season that year was, it was difficult for him. Yeah, it was. Me, I don't care about yeah, it. Yeah, speaking it. of Cleveland, you know Joe Tate, who was the radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Where in the world are we going now? No, no, no. He was on the job for 40 years and never had a championship game. I think he's off, off now. Eric's never, Eric's never called a Ranger championship. World championship. That's because the team's never won a world championship. That's here. correct. So okay, thanks I mean, for that. that. That's a lot. So let's get into this winning streak, Kevin. Let's get into the road trip. Yes, let's sir. talk a little bit of baseball. I think w- you brought up a very good point about the three games in St. Louis. I-, I think it's as significant as anything was how they won the three games, not just the fact that they went eight and two on this road trip, but they won three games in Cle- in, in St. Louis all by one run. The last two games they trailed going into the eighth inning in both games. Uh, they they won the first two games without getting a hit with runners in scoring position. Um, this team is – you look back at, at the last two games of the, of the series, they got outfield assist from all three outfield positions. They are winning games right now uh, with every aspect of their roster contributing. Um, and, and you know the interesting thing about that to me is that we were comparing – was it last week when we were talking about – no, on, on, I did the, on Sports Day on Air with, with Jerry Fraley. And we were talking about comparing maybe to the 2010 and 2011 teams, the World Series teams. And, you know, there, there's not an MVP candidate. There's no Josh Hamilton in his prime on this team. No, there is not. But, but the thing about this team is that it is, I think, uh, deeper from the standpoint of its bench is better. Its roster is much deeper. Right. And I was thinking about that on the way in is, you know, is this something we need – because – uh, on, on the way in, I was listening to a little bit of MLB Radio Network and our, our good friend C.J. Nikowski, who did the, the color on the Fox broadcast on Saturday and did a good job from everything I heard. Uh, he was doing the show, so they were rehashing the uh, the Rangers-Cardinals series. They started talking a little bit about the roster, and this roster is really deep. And you you remember in 2010 and 2011, some of the guys, the Rangers ended up running out there to pinch hit and do things in, in, in the postseason. And... This, just, this this team, the way the roster is set up, you really have the ability to keep everybody extremely fresh. But, and I think that's a big part of why this team, in the middle of 20 straight games, is still very hot. You talk about MVPs. They might not have a an all-star on this team. Uh, some, some, there's certainly won't well, have anybody voted. They no, certainly they won't have anybody voted. voted. They won't have anybody voted, but they've got all-stars. Who, well, they who, all-stars. who, who, who are the all-stars? Oh, I, Colby Lewis right now is a, oh, a, a very strong co- all-star candidate. Position uh, players. Position players. I'd have to think Desmond would be a very. I think Desmond's a very strong yeah. uh, all-star candidate. Candidate. But well, he's, he's, they don't have a lock. They don't have a lock. Well, here's the thing. Uh, 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 Desmond's going to make the all-star team. Th- he'll make the all-star team. Because here's a guy you could put in at several positions if you wanted to. Right. But but I think he's going to be voted in in center field by, by his peers. I mean, he's having as good a, a season as a center fielder as anybody in, 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 in the American League. He's got two assists now? Five. Well, five he's got assists? five overall, but I'm not. I'm not. I think the majority of them are as a center fielder. Can you? Can you? Can we go back to, to uh, 2010, 2011? Remember all those infielders, John Daniels, the the backup infielders. Well, they were, that they were trying to get. They the, were trying the, to get versatile backup infielders. The, and the 2010 team wasn't nearly as good as the 2011 team. Right. And and, and it right. had a lot. It had a lot of issues. Remember putting Vlad Guerrero out there in right field in in San Francisco? What a yeah. disaster that was. Right. Uh, you don't have that. Uh, now, now the, I will you say, do have a you do have a, that kind of potential issue though. With where you're going to play these guys? Well, with what would you do in a National League park? I mean, if you get to that point, what would you do in a National League park at first base? 
and and you saw that this past weekend. They started Prince Fielder twice at first base, despite the fact that that Prince is. They've got eleven guys for nine spots, I think, right now on mm-hmm. on, on on the position side, and with the one extra guy really being Ryan Holiday, who's who's who's, who's strictly a third catcher at this point. Um, you've got you've got all those guys. Prince is is the one guy who is not carrying his weight on this last road trip. Mitch Moreland got very hot. Yes, he did. Five home runs, a three fifty batting average on the road trip. Um, now he's very streaky, but I was thinking streaky. he's kind of carried this streak a little longer than than maybe usual. He's look after those two days off, and again, you know whether it's mental, physical, whatever. After those two days off, we've seen significant results from Mitch Moreland because yeah. it's not just the five home runs. He's got a number of extra base hits. He is hitting the ball hard. Um, and, and you know Jeff Bannister, I didn't have a, you only have a finite amount of time of space unless you're Kevin. You get unlimited space That's to write. True. Um, but I, I didn't get to work this in yesterday, but I thought Jeff Bannister made this point after the game um, uh, when talking about Mitch Moreland and, and really what I thought was the key to that, that that comeback was how Mitch hustled on a two-out grounder to short that should have been a routine third out, gotten the Cardinals out of the eighth inning. Uh, he said, look, you know, he hadn't played first base three for three days. He has, he, I think his legs were a little bit fresher. I think his body was a little bit fresher. Does it add an extra step? Look, it's never going to make him a quick guy. We're not saying that. But did he have maybe an extra step than over what he normally had? Maybe. And those are the kinds of things that down the stretch, if you've got fresh players, those things make differences in big games. And if those players maintain some of that freshness into October when almost every roster is worn down, now you're talking about a significant advantage. This is the one thing that has come of all of this and the fact that Prince is not pulling himself out of this. I thought he was starting to do that, uh, and, and he's still not. If he continues he's, in this vein, if he continues like this, I've said all along that, that Jerkson Profar was fine to bring him up, and he did a great job, but he did need to come up and sit down and be – he didn't need to be Hans or Alberto. You he's know? Not, and he's, he's not, not going to be. No. Uh, and the one thing I think that could change my mind about that is – would the Rangers be willing to sit Prince Fielder? Well, I, you know, and I, I tried to work a little bit of this out this morning, just looking at the infield positions. And I'm going to take Ryan Rua out of the mix right now, but Ryan Rua certainly figures in against left-handed pitching. He's crushing him. He's, he's got, got six home runs and how many at bats? Uh, less than less than 150 for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's phenomenal, really. Uh, but uh, he's he's crushing left-handed pitching this year. So let's let's take Rua out of the mix. Although we know he can play first base against some lefties. But you do have – they've seen what amounted to a really good one-game audition of Profar at first base. He played really well there. You could – if you had in a six-day six stretch over a week, let's, let's assume an off day in there for the team, you could get everybody out there at least four times. Okay, you could get everybody out there at least four times. The majority of those guys five times, and you could keep – Which guys are we talking about? We're talking Rula. Moreland, Odor, Andrus – Profar, Fielder, Beltray. Oh, okay. Okay. You could get all those guys out there at least four times. Could get Beltray on the you know in the lineup all six days with with one DH day. But the guy who's going to suffer is going to be Prince because he'd probably be the one guy in that group that has to get the oh, that, that gets the short end of the straw. Gets only four starts there. Now, for a lot of people that want to see Prince sat, that's not that's too much playing time, and for a veteran who's used to playing 155 to 160 games a year, that's still a big come down. But at this point in time, on meritocracy, 
he's not one of the best solutions that they've got out there. And they, they're getting to a point where it's almost July. He hasn't shown any real significant uh, advances. And they've got to start playing the guys who are who are doing the job. That said, when you play four days a week, you can find a way out of a slump. It's not like you're getting buried on the bench. I'm wondering how he handles all this. I'm wondering how you know he's he's very much a team player and uh, and has always had a good attitude about things. You know he he, he gave up playing first base because as he publicly said, Mitch was a much better first baseman than he is. Even though that's the truth, that's hard to get a, a big leaguer to say that kind of thing. Giving up time, it, it, giving up playing time. You know, it's a different thing going from first base to DH right. than it is completely sitting down. Right. And one thing that I've been impressed by is that Prince is very cognizant of the idea of maturation. And and he said, you know, I've tried to be, uh, as I've tried to mature into a, 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 a grown-up as a baseball player. And it was hard for him to sit down for those two days last, last month. Um, and I think that it will be equally as hard to get used to the idea of more frequent off time. But I think that this guy headspace right now is in a place where he wants to win that championship. He hasn't won. He understands that he's not getting the job done. And we're getting to a point where, you know, if you want to cite precedent, the precedent was that the Rangers gave Chu until last year, right around the all-star break to really snap out of it. Truth is that Chu had an awful April, had a good May, went backwards in June, and then from July forward really took off. Prince has not had any big spike at any point in time this year. Right. And so even with the pre- the previous precedent, you're getting to a point where the manager just can't go any further. And I, I think that at some point in time when he does have to make a decision about we're going to more regularly scale playing time back, and again, we're still talking about playing regularly, just not every day. I, I think he's he may not understand it, may not agree with it, but I think he will respect the decision. But he's also the most limited of all the players we've talked about too. True. I mean, he, he true. So yeah. he's 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 a DH, and as a DH, he should be a power and on base guy. Um, he's not had a good season really on either front. But as a first baseman, he's limited. I think there were over the weekend there were two balls on. On Saturday, that I thought that Moreland would have gotten to, and and you know the last play, or at least one ball that he would have gotten to, another ball I think he might have gotten a glove on, and the last play of the game, Rua had really quick reactions to kind of pick that ball on a line drive, and I'm not sure that Prince would have made that play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's the most limited guy. If this is, if this is the pre Ranger Prince Fielder player playing now, this team would be illegal. <laughs> It would. They would. I mean, well, no, I will say when we were making the comparisons to the 2011 team. Now, remember that what Mike Napoli was batting seventh on those teams, and how many home runs did Mike Napoli right. he hit? Had 28 that year. 28 home runs. So that's pretty phenomenal. They had a lot yeah. of power. Oh, absolutely. It's a different kind of lineup. The thing I like better about this lineup, uh, from you know, I mean, it's hard to say you'd like this one better for just the, the starting nine because of the fact that they had so much power on those teams. More speed here, right? More speed now, better approach at the plate. They grind more. That that team was easy to stop, I think. You know, you could you could pitch around that team. There were places in that lineup you could pitch around. Yeah. Josh, you know, Josh, in 2010, Josh had a great year. There's mm-hmm. He was the MVP of the league and, and, and won a batting championship. But, yeah, in 2011, there were places that you could pitch around him Certainly, Nelson Cruz was not the same exact player that he has become. 
uh, yeah, there were there there were spots that you could you could pitch around the catching the catching situation as nameless as the catching situation may be right now. I, I still think you're better offensively uh, at catcher than you were in 2010 or 2011. So um, uh, yeah, there there were there were spots that that you could pitch around at, at that at that point. But I do think that this year this team has a better overall approach at the plate, and and I think that. Well, let me put you on the spot. Yeah. Manager. Better manager this time? Yeah. This time around? Yeah. There's, listen, Ron Washington did a great job of getting players to um, to buy in and give effort. And, and I think that also caught a little bit of, of lightning in a bottle because he was on the forefront of of where teams were going to be more aggressive on the base pass and try and create stuff on dirt balls. And, and they did that well. And the rest of the league has since caught up and is doing the same thing. So it's not a, any big advantage. But I think strategically, Jeff Bannister is superior. Well, um, they got him. Ron got him to the World Series twice. Yes, and that may, and you can't minimize that. You can't minimize that, and he's at some point in time going to be a Texas Rangers Hall of Famer. Um, he is. But I, I think the thing that, that sets a that sets Bannister apart for me is that his willingness to do things. You know, his willingness to confront a situation and say Ron Washington would not have hit Jerks and Profar leadoff. He would not have hit Rugnet Odor third. He would not hit Nomar Mazara third. No. He would not hit Odor fourth. You no. know, those these are all young players, and as young players, they were going to fit into X category. Right. Jeff Bannister has done that. He did push. He, he you know, right now they don't really have a true backup center fielder. They they will play Ryan Rua in center field at some point in time this week because he knows that he's got to get Desmond a day off at some point. Right. Uh, they played Joey Gallo in center field last year because these are things that you have to do. You have to keep everybody involved. You have to keep everybody engaged. And you've got to maximize versatility to do that. Ron Washington was a good manager for a veteran team. Yes. That was a veteran team. He just kind of put he them was, out there and set the lineup at the first of the season, and that was it, and here here we go. And I'm, I'm also going to say that Ron Washington had the advantage of Michael Young in the clubhouse, and there was there has not been a more respected teammate in the Rangers clubhouse maybe ever, okay? he Beltre and Fielder are kind of the guys who run this clubhouse, and Beltre runs the clubhouse really, really well. He just runs it in, in a little bit more of a different way. I think I think Michael was a proactive guy, and I think he was able to take some verbal and and body language cues from Wash and take them into the clubhouse, and at the same time take some body language and, and other cues from players in the clubhouse and take them to Wash. And that's and, and in well, many ways, so, that's what Johnny Oates did as well. Uh, he he let the players, the veteran players, run the clubhouse. He had as well. a good guy in Mark McLemore and, and Dave yeah. Valley and, and early on, and and, and, and Will guys. Clark, your boy Will Clark. Listen, I'm I'm not going to diminish that. Will, there were a lot of times that, that I thought that uh, later in his career, Will became a little bit of a parody of the old-time hard-nosed baseball guy. But Will had a lot of – Will played the game. I hate saying this but because it sounds so trite, but he did play the game right. And, oh, absolutely. You know, I was talking about the Moreland play yesterday. I'll, I'll still go back to, the, to me, the greatest – leadership that I saw Will Clark display was going out there in 98 with a broken foot and twice legging out infield hits in, in a in a pennant race when they were trailing Baltimore and this was not a guy who was fast you know mm-hmm. and 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 so he he showed he showed his teammates look I'll get out there and I'll do it and uh yeah he had good leadership all the way around Johnny Oates did and and Ron Washington did this team is doing it with a lot more um younger players Right. T- tell me about Beltre's leadership in the clubhouse. You brought it up. How is he? How is it different? I, I think Adrian. Um, 
He's looser, first of all. He's looser than – yeah, I mean, I think Michael – we didn't see – when we were in the clubhouse, we didn't see Michael who was, you know, the loose guy. I think he was – I think he was loose. I think the biggest thing that with Adrian that's different is just that Adrian – it's not that he's – from my perspective, Michael could go out and play the game and do all the things the right way. He was he was always going to be I think in 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 a lot of people's minds at, at topside a borderline Hall of Famer okay, um, but he also was able to do the proactive stuff in the clubhouse. I think Adrian probably is a little bit less proactive in the clubhouse, but because he's so physically tough and because he is a genuine bona fide Hall of Famer who's one of the five to seven best to ever play his position, I think that also carries a little bit more. I'll probably misuse another word, but I think it carries a little bit more gravitas with the, with the club. You know, I do wish that he and Alice would give up that thing about the pop flies. Yeah, it's it's silly. I don't think it's be, been as overt. You know, I think it's more now we just kind of faint a right. little bit. It's not as overt as it once was. Um, and all you need to have is one of those to fall in, yeah, and, and it really looks bad. But uh, – <laughs> That, that that is the other and that is the other thing about Adrian and this is look Michael Michael had a great time playing and he enjoyed playing he he always looked serious and locked in on the field there's a part of Beltre where you still kind of see that the joy of playing baseball you know a little too much joy I'm going to bring this up uh, you know my problem with guys running the bases I want a guy to take advantage of situations no question about that but here's a guy Adrian Beltre who's had hamstring problems year after year after year. And he's rounding first base at a thousand miles an hour, and then throwing on the brakes, you know, uh, on a play where he's clearly not going to get to second. Right. But he's just doing it anyway. It's like with the it's kind of, oh, he's kind the of got the Mr. Miyagi windmill. Yes, yeah. he has all that going on, and it's all fun and it's all great, and he does have a lot of fun out there. But right. it's like those, and he had just done one of those about five minutes before he pulled the hamstring or tweaked the hamstring. And and I because he did not hurt the hamstring jogging into second base. I'm I'm thinking that was already something he had done on a one. No, I because I, I and I, the only thing I can do is I can tell you that you know he went first to home on a double. To, I, I think it was a it was either a walk off hit or a late inning hit uh, like two nights earlier in that series. And I went back to him and I asked him and I said, "Did you were you feeling anything? Were you managing anything before then?" He he said, "Absolutely not." He said, "I I, I felt it as I was going into second base." And when I got to second base, I, I felt back there to see what was going on because I, I did mm-hmm. feel something then. And and so that I, – I take the guy at his word on that. But I also I also think this. He's, he's 37 years old, and I think that no matter how good he feels, there's always going to be some degree of yeah. management of his body. Right, since I know you so well, Evan, I know something must – you must be worried about something with this club. There's something out – This some, is a really good club right now. But something, something, something's got to worry you. Uh, you have to be worried about the bullpen. I'm not as worried about the bullpen as I still am about the starting rotation. I, I know you are, and I, and I think that's good. I don't, I don't, I don't say that you wouldn't be worried about the starting rotation either. Uh, I think the difference to me is that Kobe Lewis has pitched so well that I don't think this is a, a fluke. You don't? No, I don't. You, I, I think this is really who he is right now. I mean, he's 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 really commanding his pitches so well. And I think the key the is— weight, The weight loss, the I weight think, loss is big. The weight loss was big. And, and look, it's a, it's been a two-year process. The hip gave him much more extension. 
Uh, getting that hip done allowed him to really get down the, the, the mound a little bit, and you're seeing a, a, a greater increase in the number of ground balls that he gets now because I think he can get more downhill with his delivery. And I, I do think that, that losing all the weight and doing the bicycling that he did this winter um, has put him in in – it just better shape to be to have more stamina, I think, long term. All right. So, what about you, Darvish? I, I my guess is that Darvish comes back at, to start the second half. I think they'll be extremely cautious here. Uh, he hasn't thrown off a mound since the since the shoulder uh, soreness. If you go back and look at Jose Fernandez, came back from Tommy John, made seven starts, had about a shoulder tendonitis, missed about four four and a half weeks, came back and finished out that season. Uh, and, and I just think they're they're going to be cautious with with Darvish, and if they get him again. But when know, he comes when he comes back, every time he goes out to the mound, isn't there, is, isn't there just? I think you're th- going to have that until the guy is is a full year back. I, I think you had that with Martin Perez when he came back. So can, was, can this team? The go- only difference is that Darvish is Darvish, and Martin Perez was a 25 year old guy who hadn't established anything. It, Without without Darvish, if Darvish does not come back without for- Darvish, they've got to go get another starter. Okay. With Darvish, I think you can uh, you can pick and choose a little bit more based on where you're at come the middle of July. But I and, I, and what level starter do we, do they have to go get? For for me, if I'm going out and doing this, I am not adding a Ryan Dempster or a Matt Garza. I'm going out and I'm I'm going to make a legitimate big trade and get a guy who's controllable, get a guy who is an upper part of the rotation because I need. I need Darvish, Hamels, and a real number three, and and potentially Colby Lewis as my four guys. In, in and yeah, Sonny Gray has been your guy all along. Sonny Gray has been my guy. He's not been pitching very. You, you saw you great. saw him on this road trip. I did. He looked great for five innings, and then I said, you know, you said that about a lot of Rangers pitchers. Yeah, uh, Giovanni Gallardo at one point. I um, uh, that's the that's the other question is is there a guy out there who will be on the market who really does move the needle and and I think that the one name that starts to crop up as a controllable guy with with real upside is Julio Tehran. You're going to have to investigate that a little bit, but I I don't know if I I don't know if even he is the kind of guy that you'd necessarily think of as an impact starter at this point because he's really just not that proven. He's he's, he's still young and, and hasn't no Chris Sale. I don't think that's going to be a real. I, I think the uh, the White Sox are are in it for the for the long haul right now. You know, maybe how, that. How could they look their fans? How could they deal with fans and, and get rid of Chris Sale? I mean, well, the White Sox have been all over the map this year. Well, I, yeah. I, I understand that. They've but, been but, very streaky. They got off. But to a but great he. Start. But I, I understand that. But he. But he. He's got to be the franchise pitcher for that. You would sure, think so. You would think. Sure, but I mean, if they decide that they're going to tear down, then. That's their piece of trade, and, and let's face facts. I mean, fan, their fan base right now probably shouldn't be that big a concern because for the next few years they're going to be dwarfed by the Cubs anyway. So yeah. they they might need to worry about okay, what can we do to get ourselves more to a point where we are a power franchise? And what what Cubs. could the Rangers possibly offer? For, for look, I mean, any deal that you're getting, I think at this point in time, the Rangers view pro, both Profar and Mazar as parts of this club for the for the for the season and, and and very probably beyond. So you start talking about if you're going to give up a top, top prospect, it's going to be Gallo or Brinson. And that's the, then you build a package around that. Gallo or or Gallo and? No, I think I, I don't think you're going to trade both of them. I, I think it would be Gallo or and a pitcher, and then you start. Yeah. That, that's, that's an interesting 
thing to me, and, and, and of course, as, as, as we've learned from John Daniels, he said himself, he's learned on making deals because of the Matt Garza trade, because of the Ryan Dempster trade. You don't make trades trying to get to the postseason. You, you make a trade from a, a position of strength. We are taking a really good team, and we're taking it to the top. And I, I think, again, you look at what they did last year with the Cole Hamels and Dyson and Deekman deals. All of those guys were controllable guys long term, mm-hmm. and they look at it as this is an opportunity for us to add a free agent type player who's already under contract long-term. Yeah, Because the free agent class this winter is not going to be very good either. So, so you feel like the bullpen is going to be okay because Keller's coming back, because Tolleson's starting to look like he's I think rounding the form. Is, I think Tolleson has been a little bit more effective. I think Keller is going to come back right around the All-Star break. I, I think they feel like they will get a healthy Tanner Shepherds really for the first time since the start of the 2014 season, um, end of July, early, early August. And you know, if if they get if they get innings from the rotation, which they have gotten on this last road trip, if they get innings from the rotation, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to manage Deekman, Dyson, and Bush. That's the biggest concern I had is Deekman, Dyson, and Bush have been great. Right. You know, they, I yeah. think the, the, this club is nine and zero, and they've got a, a sub one ERA when the three of them have pitched in games. But you can't pitch them all together all the same time. No. The real the thing I liked about this weekend about the bullpen usage was. Nobody pitched in back-to-back innings. I mean, in, in back-to-back games. Right. Nobody did. And and so, you know, you closed out yesterday with Deegan. You didn't have to get – you didn't get Dyson up. He'd only thrown two pitches on Saturday, but you, did, you didn't have to get Dyson up. So you get him an extra day. He had Friday off. He had Sunday off. And we've seen the difference in him, too. Uh, the back-to-back-to-backs are a little rough with him, I think. You Yeah. I mean, even though he is – a guy who I I think one thing that really stands out for me is how efficient he's been with his pitches as as a closer. But even so, if you get a guy up and you and, and he's warming up and he's getting ready, he's getting hot fast. And that's what a lot of people say about me. Wow, um, <laughs> that's what hot fast. That's what Gina says. Um, even oh if God. you're doing that, you know you're still putting stress on on, on the arm and the right. body, and and so. Yeah, I don't. I think if you can avoid it, you'd like to. Even if it's a ten inning, a ten pitch inning, and a twelve pinch inning, I don't think you want to go three straight days. So if they were to add a piece of the bullpen, is Andrew Miller your guy? No, no, no. And here, here's why: because I think that the price that the Yankees will be asking for Andrew Miller will be market value would be the kind of price that you'd have to pay for a starting pitcher. And you'd rather have the starting pitcher. I'd rather have a starting pitcher, or I'd rather go a little bit. And, and look, we're looking for a sixth or seventh inning guy at this point in time if you're, if you're looking for a deal. You're, you're not looking for a closer. So if you can do that and, and, and you know, make a, a – make look, you got Sam Dyson last year for a backup right. fringe catcher and, and a, a low-level pitcher. You can find that kind was, of guy. Was Deekman a throw-in in that trade? Did, did they actually real, No, they wanted Deekman. In the Cole, in the Cole they, Hamels They trade. wanted Deekman as far back as last offseason. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems to me like he just showed up one day. No, 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 no. And I, I, if you had read our paper, um, <laughs> wow. you would have known that in the weeks that I was reporting about Hamels, that Deekman was very, very much a possibility that they he would be in that trade. Are we going to get to my segment on my new nickname for uh, – for Profar. <laughs> oh look, Kevin, we're out of time. I knew I could. I knew I could get this thing done. 
my God. No, no, no. I want to. We'll wait for next week. No, no. Let's tease the fact. I have a new nickname for Profile. I hope none of the other sports geniuses around town come up with it and are ready to reveal it. I think, you know, what he really is, if he had his own singing group, and they could be the backup singers. No, no, no. Anyway, we. I'm going to say two things. All right, great. We'll hold that for next week and be Could we lead with it next week? No. No. I'm reasonably sure. That no other sports genius is going to have come up with that nickname in the t- in in the uh, interim. Okay, All right, let's so let's see. You're safe there. You probably gonna save get, it for like another ten or fifteen years. You're not going to get scooped on that nickname. Um, all right. Well, this has been a great Rangers podcast, mostly because I got to do so much talking, <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't let me come up, and you didn't let me reveal. You're right. Didn't let you reveal the, the big pro far nickname. The big reveal. Uh, all right. So we had David Moore to talk Cowboys and the running game, and Darren McFadden's. Cell phone injury. Well, he didn't injure his cell phone. He injured his elbow. Oh. They had. Re- Evan, they actually had to remove the cell phone from his elbow. Evan, from That's now on, happened. we're going to have you say your goodbye. Right after the intros, we'll have you start saying goodbye. That's how long your goodbyes take. <laughs> right. And then we've got Agent Lee Steinberg coming up next. So uh, it's been it's been a great Rangers podcast. Nobody had to raise their hand. Nobody. Everybody's still happy. We're friends. We can go to lunch. So well, long, there's still everybody. one more to do. <laughs> so long, everybody. Bye. Bye.